Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. Some of the most powerful imagery in Scripture is related to water, from the river of water of life that flows from Genesis all the way through Revelation 22. Water is given to us as a picture of how God conveys His very divine life to man. This picture is very prominent in the book of Isaiah as well, where the water of life flows from springs, streams, fountains, and wells, and all the thirsty are compelled to come to God and drink freely. Don't miss this extraordinary life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Two faithful servants who serve God their whole lives in the 20th century and whose lives and work serve as an inspiring testimony in this current age. They were ones who knew what it was to drink of the water of life. Joining us for fellowship today as we plumb some of these crucial chapters in Isaiah is Ron Kangas. Ron, welcome back to the broadcast. I'm happy to be here once again, Chris. A very pleasant portion of the word today before us, Ron, Isaiah chapters 55 through 58, actually will cover three main points found in these chapters. But we want to begin with chapter 55. The outstanding feature of this chapter must be water, even waters to drink. This theme of God being living water to man is one that's seen throughout the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments. It's meaningful, isn't it, that God likens himself to flowing water, springing up water, living water throughout the whole Bible. Yes, it is. In John 4, the Lord Jesus meets a woman at a well, and he asks her for a drink of water. Then there's a discussion. And he said to her, if you had asked him, the one who was requesting water, he would have given you living water. Whoever drinks of the water that I give, that water will become a fountain springing up unto eternal life. Then in John chapter 7, the context is, is the Feast of Tabernacles on the last day, the great day of the feast. The Lord calls out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. There will be rivers of living water streaming from our innermost being. Significantly, according to the record in John 19, when the Lord's side was pierced, blood and water flowed. These are signs, the blood signifying redemption, cleansing, the water signifying 
life flowing. The Lord Jesus died not only to bear our sins as the Lamb of God, taking away the sin of the world, he also died a life-releasing death. He released his life and is signified by water. In Genesis 2, you have a river flowing out of Eden. In Revelation 7, you have the Lamb leading us to living water to drink. In Revelation 22, we have the river of water of life flowing out from the throne. In Jeremiah chapter 2, the Lord spoke through the prophet, saying, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. In light of all this, we consider Isaiah 12. With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Now in chapter 55, if anyone thirsts, let him come to the waters. In all of us as human beings, there is a deep thirst for God as life. And there is in God the longing to impart himself as living water for us to drink. I'd like to testify to you that even as I'm talking about the living water, I'm drinking the living water. It's so refreshing and so supplying, and it's even more supplying when it becomes rivers flowing out from the core of our being. Well, Ron, probably familiar to many of our listeners, a favorite verse that many believers like to sing, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. But more than just a pleasant little song for us to enjoy, we want to see that this matter of coming to the waters is actually an indispensable part of our very salvation. Let's join Witness Lee for this enjoyable fellowship from 1990 in the Life Study of Isaiah. Now we come to chapters 55 and 56. If you open up this section of Isaiah, the most striking word is the word waters. Come and drink waters. In his salvation, God provides himself to be our portion for our enjoyment. God in Isaiah came in to declare, come and drink. This just like the end of the Bible. The bride and the spirit say, come and drink. The same thing. To drink what? The waters. Who are the waters? I don't say what are the waters. The very redemptive God. The very God who has accomplished his redemption through his incarnation, his human living on this earth, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. In these two chapters, it says, come and drink the waters. Don't pay anything. You don't need to labor for this. You just get the water, 
freely. Then you have God's way, you have God's thought. What is God's way? What is God's thought? God's way is that you come to drink Him. God's thought is that you come to drink Him. Just go God's way and take God's thought. Seeking the Lord while He may be found. This is to come and drink of the Lord. Call upon Him, now drink. After you come, you just call, Oh Lord Jesus, one drink. Oh Lord Jesus, another drink. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way. What the wicked? The wicked one is the one who does not come to drink. Today, whosoever will not come to believe in Jesus Christ, this is sinful in God's eyes. Ron, it's clear that in the Bible, God, not just as our Savior, but as salvation itself, presents himself as living water. And his way for us to partake of and enjoy our salvation is to drink. It's interesting that redemption is also found in Isaiah just two chapters prior. And as we saw, that's one of the clearest pictures of redemption in all of Scripture. So it seems that redemption is not just to qualify us to escape an eternity without God, but we're redeemed in order that we might come to him and drink. This is too marvelous, isn't it? We really need to take God's way of drinking. I refer again to John 19. Out of his side, the Lord's side, flowed blood and water. Many dear believers have really stopped with what is signified by the blood. They rightly believe and proclaim that Christ is our Redeemer. He bore our sins in his body on the cross. He died for our sins. We are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are cleansed, we can now be justified by grace through faith. But that is a remedial action to bring us back to God himself, signified by the tree of life and the river of water of life, so that we may drink God. As Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, in one spirit we're all baptized into one body, and we're all given to drink of one spirit. They all drank the same spiritual drink, 1 Corinthians 10. This is the only way we can be filled and saturated with the triune God as life, The only way we can be saved in life, according to Romans 5.10, and reign in life, according to 5.17, the only way we can mature and become the corporate expression of God. God's purpose is carried out to a large extent by God's being water to us. He knows we need him. 
He wants us to drink him. He wants us to come to him and drink. Even at the very end of the Bible, when we read the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, then the verses go on to say, Whoever wills, let him come. Whoever thirsts, let him come and take the water of life freely. Even at the very end, the Lord is calling the human race, Come and drink. Come to the fountain and drink for yourself. Well, the second of our three topics today is from chapter 56, and it's the Sabbath. We're going to see that the drinking of living water from chapter 55 and the real meaning of the Sabbath are very much connected. Ron, let's go back to more of Witness Lee. Isaiah eventually jumps on keeping of the Sabbath. It's really hard for us to understand what the real denotation of keeping Sabbath. To keep the Sabbath really is just to drink the waters. To drink the waters is just to what? To stop ourselves and enjoy what the Lord has done for us. In the Old Testament, to keep Sabbath is to remember what God did in his creation. To do this, they had to stop their works. Don't do anything. Only remember what God has done for us. And this is to believe in the Lord Jesus. And this is to have ourselves fired and replaced with Christ. Now understand all these spiritual languages. These four things are just one. To believe in the Lord Jesus is just to get ourselves fired and replaced with the Lord Jesus. And this is just to drink the water. And this is, in God's eyes, just to keep his Sabbaths. I have nothing to do. I got fired. I have nothing to do but he does everything. No more I, but Christ. This Christ is the real water to me. When I say this, no more I, but Christ, I drink the water. I enjoy him. Have you got it? In chapters 55 to 56, the central point is to learn how to keep the Sabbath. That is, how to drink the divine water. And that is, to get yourself fired and replaced with Christ. And that is also, just to believe in the Lord Jesus. Ron, in chapter 56, what immediately follows the wonderful waters in chapter 55 is the keeping of the Sabbath. This might seem curious to us, but in the context of Isaiah... There's a wonderful connection and a linkage between these things. So would you develop this matter a bit more? How the Sabbath or our firing of ourselves and drinking must go together. In Genesis, God established the seventh day after he completed all of his work. And according to that narrative, man created in his image, That was on the sixth day. 
So the seventh day, for God, is in fact the seventh day. But for us, it's the first day. So here we see God works, then rests. With us, it's the opposite. We rest based upon all that the triune God has done for us. And in this rest, we are in the right condition to experience and enjoy him as living water. But if we are working, striving in ourselves, laboring to do this and that by our natural life, we're not drinking. We're preoccupied with our doings, with our activities. So we we fire ourselves in the sense that we unemploy our flesh, our natural life that wants to do things for God, and we enjoy what God is and what he has done for us and drink him in, be refreshed, have our thirst quenched, and be supplied and satisfied. Ron, our third topic today is from chapters 57 and 58, and this is the matter of fasting. We've seen that both drinking the living water and the real keeping of the Sabbath are not outward things or practices, but they have genuine inward and spiritual applications for our growth in life, our experience of Christ. And we're going to see that the same is true of the matter of fasting. So let's join again, Witness Lee. In chapters 57 and 58, the crucial point is how to fast. What is the real meaning to fast? In brief, to fast means to stop the eating of all other things but eating the Lord Jesus. You are eating Egyptian food. You are eating fashions, beautification. You have to be tired of that kind of eating. Have a fast. Fast yourself means to seize all other kinds of eatings. Just to feed on Jesus. I am the bread of life. I am the living bread. I am the life from the heavens. I am the life embodied in my word. Eat me and live. He that eats me shall live because of me. This is our fasting. What is the evil condition of the wicked? They don't come to the Lord. They don't come to eat the Lord. They don't come to enjoy the Lord. They don't come to contact Him, to take Him, to receive Him, to taste Him, to enjoy Him. This is the evil. In the eyes of God, nothing is more evil than this. God has an economy. He wants us just to learn one lesson. That is, to stop our doing and enjoying God all the time. This is the purpose that Christ died for us and resurrected for us. Now, He is our Sabbath and He is our food. 
We can rest in Him. We can feed on Him. Learn all the time to enjoy Him and have Him as your replacement in every way, in everything. Ron, we've progressed now in this message from drinking in chapter 55 to Sabbath keeping, the real Sabbath keeping in chapter 56, and now fasting in chapters 57 and 58. As Witness Lee is applying all of these things to our experience of Christ, what does the real fasting represent, and how does it tie into what we've already covered today? When someone enters into a fast, something is more important to him or her than food at that time, especially if one is fasting for prayer or for waiting on the Lord. Even though food is an obvious vital necessity, there is something more important, more urgent than the next meal, and that is the Lord himself, his will, what he desires to do, how and when he desires to do it. So in fasting, it's when one doesn't want to feed on anything other than the Lord himself. Nothing other than the all-inclusive Christ is our food, is our nourishment. The satanic world system is filled with these substitutes and replacements for God in Christ as the bread of life. And hungry humans are trying to find satisfaction on virtually everything other than God himself. But when we fast, we're not trying to merely restrict ourselves or deprive ourselves of something. We have a realization that all these things in the world system, they're not food for me. They do not nourish me. I will not feed on them. I will change my diet. I want to feed on the Lord. He is my life. He is my life supply. And I want to come to the Lord based on rest and based on drinking the living water and feed on him and only him to be constituted with him, to be one with him, and as a result, to live to him for the fulfillment of his eternal purpose. Ron, I really appreciate the divine sequence that's found in this book. We have to begin always with drinking, taking in the divine life of God. Because if we attempt to stop or fire ourselves, which is the real Sabbath-keeping, or to forsake the natural or worldly diet, which is the real fasting, without first getting the life supply through the drinking, then we're going to be left to dealing with our natural life by the natural life. And that's the source of a lot of our failures and frustrations and disappointments in the Christian life, isn't it? It is, and it's important to understand what you just mentioned. If we neglect drinking the Lord, but we try to stop ourselves and to keep a Sabbath as we understand it to be, or then we 
willfully deprive ourselves of something so that we may accomplish something for God. This is all self-effort. It is all the natural life trying to be something, trying to do something and accomplish something that only the divine life can do. This is religion. And in a certain branches of religion, they advocate this kind of self-deprivation, this kind of self-punishment, asceticism, don't do this, don't do that, thinking that this is going to be conducive to spiritual development. It absolutely is not conducive in that way. It will be the self working on the self. The result is bigger self. It is the natural life working on and with the natural life. The result is being all the more in your natural life. We need to realize God wants us to come to him and simply drink. Drink him in as our life supply. Simply drink. Don't try to change. Don't try to improve. Don't deprive yourself in a religious way. Come and drink. Then this living water will lead us into the Sabbath rest. So we rest in him and on his completed work. Then, having rested, and drinking living water, we can go on to experience a genuine fast. We begin to realize something. Our appetite is changing, and our diet is spontaneously being altered. We realize the things that our soul tried to feed on for so long only damaged us. Rather, we know what the real food is, the real life supply. Our appetite is for the triune God in his word, is for the tree of life, is for the bread of life, for the living bread. This is the sequence. Water, rest, and Christ as our food, our life supply. Ron, this was a marvelous, helpful word today. And when Witness Lee gave this life study in 1990, He actually went through the 66 chapters of Isaiah sequentially and somewhat quickly. Then he came back and picked up a number of the key points for more development. Well, we're nearing the end of this first rather quick pass through the book, but we have many more programs ahead before we reach the end of this life study. All 54 life study messages in their printed form can be found on our website. That's lsm.org. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. 
Thanks for listening.